Welcome to the Music Mission. My name is Panayoti Karmas. I am a music teacher in Sydney, Australia, as well as the conductor and director of the Modest Orchestra, an orchestra consisting of passionate professional musicians that prioritizes the education and enjoyment of music through the performance of staple works and new compositions. All recordings you hear, including this background music, come from our public performances, which you can find on YouTube if you search up Modest Orchestra. This podcast is designed for all lovers of music, no matter your musical preference, experience, or expertise. Now on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. On today's episode, I have a guest with me, Logan Birchall, who I met three years ago, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we, we started playing at SYO together. And uh, he's a trumpeter, a choral conductor, uh, a teacher... A brass teacher, what else do you do? Um, I don't know, all-around scoundrel. Yeah. Let's just... Moving on. Okay, moving on. Uh, and today we're going to talk about how to teach beginner brass, because that's something that we always talk about all the time, mm. and we're always trying to improve upon. So, we've got some notes here on the table, and we're going to cover a few things. First one's going to be buzzing, open throat, reading, and keeping your students hooked. Logan, would you like to open with how to buzz... Well, how do you teach your students buzzing? I suppose. Oh, and also, here's a, here's a cool little tip when you okay. ho- hold a microphone. Uh, I learned on my first prac is you actually put your thumb here. And that's actually how close your mic's got to be the whole time. And see how it's actually pointed at my mouth? Yeah, think of your microphone as like a torch. And that's how you hold it. So there we go. Because I noticed you're holding it around the place like this. Yeah, I do all sorts of things. Yeah. I hate using microphones. Yeah. They so make me sound weird. Yeah, so ju- I just do this. So you can start off like this, and then eventually you learn to just do it without the thumb. Yeah. So and don't be scared to put it close. So ASMR. Um, <laughs> but like, I suppose a lot of this is pretty fresh because now it's the start of the year, mm-hmm. and we've just oh I've definitely picked up heaps of more students, a lot of beginners, mm-hmm. a lot of not quite so beginners, but you know some of them need to go back to their fundamentals as well. Yeah. So. Teaching buzzing right at the start and getting that embouchure settled is pretty paramount of importance. I tend to do that first, like mm. trying to get a nice tone happening. And like I always start with just mouthpiece buzzing, just like take out the mouthpiece or take out the tuning slide and um, buzz down the lead pipe. Yes, I that, that's such a good technique that I learned um, two years ago when I started learning from Yerasimos, who was my Greek, t- uh, Greek trumpet teacher. That kind of transformed my playing as a professional trumpeter, which was just removing the tuning slide and going into the lead pipe. And so some, that's something I do as well with my yeah. um, beginner kids because it, it kind of emulates the resistance in the trumpet, yeah. but, you know, it's is buzzing exercise. Yeah, I feel just buzzing with the mouthpiece is, you know, what it is. But if you add the lead pipe there, then there's an extra, like, you know, 15, 20 centimetres of pipe that you have to really project down and it will give you, like, direction and yep. you have to push that air through the lead pipe properly to get some like solid buzzing and then once you put it back in that'll it makes a hell of a lot of difference and really improves the tone and like the core of the sound of your beginner students yeah this guy um when i was at that trumpet workshop on on sunday he even told me that he actually doesn't get his students to buzz into a mouthpiece full stop until they're like second grade he only does lead pipe buzzing um i'm not yeah because he said because uh, what's the point of buzzing into a mouthpiece? Well, for me, it, I just so the kids get used to the feeling of having 
we're taking it it's just taking it all apart and doing a very small thing of just getting the lips buzzing, getting them vibrating as they're supposed to, but not having to hold up the whole instrument so mm. they don't have to like, especially for smaller kids. And it's not worry like, about notes. Yeah, and not worry about notes, not worry about anything. It's They don't expect it to sound great. They not put pressure on themselves or tensing or anything because yeah. it's just a like a weird duck caller buzzing noise. Yeah, and so he, his theory was well that all of what you just said. Yeah. Um, so, but the mouthpiece, it's a bit different to a trumpet, right? Yeah. But lead pipe buzzing is closer to trumpet playing than just mouthpiece buzzing. So he says huh. their development, it actually um, goes a bit back, and it's not backwards, uh, but it, you get more out of it if you don't mouthpiece buzz and you just lead pipe buzz. Huh. With 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 your little with your littlies, he said. Interesting. Yeah. Then he said after like grade two, and I was like, okay, that might be a bit too late. Um, I'm not sure actually because I haven't tried it. Mm. Um, he says then yes. he'll introduce uh, mouthpiece buzzing, and then grade seven, he'll be like, okay, now free buzzing. So he introduces free buzzing quite late. Is that something you ever do, free buzzing? Because I've done it. I never do free buzzing. Okay, good, because I find it useless personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how to do it. Like I tried all. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but that it's totally different with a piece of metal pushed up against your face. Yep. I, I don't understand free buzzing at all. Well, if, in order to free buzz, I've got to put my teeth on my lips, like like that almost, like like I'm doing a, uh. like a V, like a V. Yeah. And then I can free buzz. That's how I do. It. I can't actually free buzz. Like with an embouchure? Yeah. I find it useless. Which is so nonsensical. Yeah. Oh, it seems that way to me. I'm sure this guy does really well and has excellent students. Yeah. But I don't see any sense in that. No. It's an interesting thing. But what do you do? um, So, like, we both teach, you know, beginners all the way through to high school, I guess. Um, I think, how, how do you deal with a kid that can't buzz? Um... Uh, oh, <laughs> I like your hesitation there. It's like, um, like, I'm so good. None of them have had that issue. That, 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 that's the... Well, it, it, it happens. I tend to... Like, I had one this just this past week who was struggling to buzz. Um, and I literally just got him doing it with like more breathing and taught and did went through some basics of breathing so mm-hmm. he could have a bit more air support. Yep. And just the higher pressure of air just sort of and just forcing the sound through the right. um, mouthpiece just instigated it. And once it sort of starts to happen mm-hmm. um, and they sort of get used to the feeling of what's going on in their lips, yeah. from there, it's easier. Okay. And they will just sort of get used to it. I don't know. What do you What do? you do? Well, I have a very cool trick and it involves a mouthpiece and a straw. Uh, yeah. You know those Yakult Drinking straws. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um. So if you notice on the table in front of you, there is a Yakult straw, handed to me by uh, my Greek teacher in Greece. And what I want you to do is actually, yeah, I'll hold the mouthpiece. So put it between your lips, and just blow. Great. Now what you're going to do is you're gonna put you're gonna feed your mouthpiece over the top, and I want you to push it hard enough to create a seal, and just keep blowing, right? Keep take a deep breath and do it again. Okay, I want you to do it again, but blow harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that didn't quite... That didn't quite... Didn't work. Uh, the cool trick didn't work. And make sure you're pressing the mouthpiece like playing pressure. Hmm, okay. okay let me uh, sit up with proper posture. Okay, well, proper like, posture. Because posture is important. Don't, right? don't put it too far. Don't put it too far in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so put it over. 
Ah, there we go. And I think you just started buzzing. Yeah. yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I've been playing quite a bit over the past few days, so my lips are pretty tight. Uh, okay. Um, well, when my Greek, te- when my Greek teacher did it to me, because he basically he didn't fix my embouchure, he just kind of made me change how I visualized it. Mm. And so he did that trick to me, and yeah, see, it's it's, like, it's either, it's either going to work perfectly or it's not going to work, like it did, like it did yeah. with you. And he pulls away the straw as fast as he could. Maybe I didn't remove it fast enough. And if you're blowing enough air, your lips would just start to vibrate. Yeah. And he goes a straight away. Yeah. Um, and so I did that to a trombone girl and it worked. Awesome. Uh, but her problem was that she couldn't tongue. She's like, I can't tongue. I mean, yeah. year, I'm, I'm in year nine and I can't tongue. And I said, I said, what do you mean you can't tongue? You've, like, he said, oh no, my teacher can't teach me. I was like, well, hang on, let me deal with this. So I got her just getting the straw and just, just going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got her with a mouthpiece over the top of the straw doing the exact same thing. Mm. And then I quickly removed it, and what do you know? She was buzzing and tonguing, and yeah, tonguing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, that, and like the whole group, this was in like a chamber group, um, an instrumental class. So that's that's one trick I use. It doesn't always work, but no. But I, I like the idea of using the like the very thin straw to like focus your lips. Yeah, that's like, what it does, and focus it right down into that finer point, mm. which makes you know the ideal sort of hole in your lips that you sort of want yeah and then the the heavier blowing which i was saying before i try and get them just to blow really heavily and the, yeah. the lips just sort of start vibrating by themselves yeah. and it teaches them like sun- subconsciously that okay it's not the whole mouthpiece that's vibrant it's, it's going through a little tiny aperture yeah yeah so that's that's a really cool trick uh you can you're free to use it it's called the yerasimo iwani this um uh that's his little technique so that's my little trick i've always got like that that batch of straws in my case at all times um, oh. So that's yours to use. I, t- I tell my students because I don't want to reuse it. Yeah, no. I don't know what nice. I'm going to do when I run out. I think I'm just going to go buy a bunch of Yakult. And then <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, I, gu- I guess I have to have a really good digestive system this week. Um, <laughs> Lol. So um, yeah, buzzing. It's a, it's quite a good thing. Yeah. I guess it's it's our entire instrument. It's just everything stripped back to its fundamentals. Mm. So we're. When there's problems with technique and stuff, like years down the track, often it will be caused by like a simple issue with the buzzing yeah. or whatever. So I I tend to really start with it and just get it right f- from the get-go mm. or just have the students know vaguely how it should feel and how it should work Yeah, and then give them exercises like just get them to do long notes. Nice. Um, just pick... Like, especially before they really know any notes, just they like, press down any button and play a note and hold it for quite a while. Um, okay, so as a, as a professional player, you know how we have tight corners basically through our entire range? Yeah. Especially as we go low. Uh, the, 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 the tendency of most players is to relax it. Mm. And that just does give support and, you know, yeah. it, it has a lot of problems. In little kids, it's hard to teach them that. So you do the classic, like, loose, tight, loose, tight. When do you remove, get rid of that mindset of excessive pivoting in... Yeah. Because I, 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 I know that that's a thing I teach the advanced ones and juniors, you can't teach them that because they're, they're just not coordinated enough. But I haven't had any kids in between where I've kind of said, okay, we need to start moving away from this idea of pivoting the mouthpiece and excessive tightening of the corners. you actually got to keep it, maintain it throughout your range. Yeah. So this is a bit of a can of worms Yeah. with me because I, I was pretty bad. Like I had a lot of extraneous lip movement going on and As a lot of I. weird head stuff going on. Um, I yeah. suppose it 
Would you consider it an advanced technique or would you consider something we should teach them from the age of like year eight, for example? Well, in my situation, I like had to, at, it was like first, second year uni, I actually was doing some research and stumbled upon the story of this guy and he wrote the, like the his Maggio method. Do you know the Maggio method? No, what's that? So, it was a guy who was a top player um, in an accident. I think it was a car accident. His lips got cut up really bad. Oh. So, like all the muscles and stuff were damaged and he had to oh. stop becoming a player. So, what he did, he actually... Um, you know, after he healed somewhat, yep. revisited his technique from the ground up. Mm. And in the Maggio Method book, there is this, like, you can see it clear as day, um, or I, I can see it in my head clear as day, there's a picture of a monkey and, like, like an ape. Like, right, okay. You're, you're looking at me like I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's probably true. Um, but there's this monkey there and it's, you know how the they can do that sort of cheeky thing where they sort of curl out their bottom lip a little yes, bit like and look, make like a kissy face sort of thing. And they actually... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they actually push the corners of their mouth quite forward. Really? Quite forward and to the mouthpiece. So I see a lot of a lot of trumpet players, um, a lot of kids always like really tightening their whole face and squeezing to get it. Mm. So I have completely removed the word tight right from my um, vocabulary when I'm teaching right just so smart. the kids never think to like tighten and squeeze yep whereas if they sort of push their uh. in the, the corners of their lips together or like forward yep. whatever it I don't know it's an ongoing experiment that I'm still doing but it seems to be working so far I'm not having troubles with my students okay go I just emphasize no, no no cut to the top register not really because I emphasize breathing yeah um, and really and diaphragm support and, and and what gets high notes is fast air that mm. is like the the science of it the faster the air is the faster your lips will be buzzing mm -hmm. and the therefore the higher the frequency higher the pitch yep so I mean, a lot of us have seen that video of the that Yamaha robot trumpet with like rubber lips, and they've just put a hose to it, and the faster they push the air through the trumpet, the higher it plays. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, so and initially you sort of tell them to play louder mm -hmm. because more air means they're like using more air support, and that will in turn push the air faster. Yep. But the the goal I set for my students is high notes means. Um, faster air yes for, for sure mm. and engaging like the lower muscles for your diaphragm yeah 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 mm. yeah cause especially when uh, i i guess a first hand because i haven't well at least this year 2019 i haven't really had any pre personal trouble mm. students and so all of this new way of thinking i've just kind of applied it to myself before i've been able to give it to students yeah 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 but i have been able to to teach my students that I'd taken instrumental classes and yep. a couple here mm -hmm. and there and straight away you can notice a difference and their faces, they're like, whoa, I can do that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Um, and so d d doing it that way, they they develop like air support early on and yep. so they still get their high notes mm. but at no point do they start squeezing um, and tightening things. And closing their throat. And, and closing their throat and raising their shoulders. And doing um, all that stuff. So and doing all that stuff, which so far is working pretty well, and I like it. Yeah, that's good, and that kind of leads us to our next point, which is 
playing with an open, an open throat. Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I think we. That's one of the hardest things to do is to always keep it open. Uh, Leanne, which she taught me, Leanne Sullivan, who I had for ten years. I'm very fortunate for that. Um, always say if you yawn, that that yawning action, feel your throat how it opens. Mm. That's your throat opening to one hundred percent capacity. So she said, "All right, just try that a few times." So I yawned, and you know, you, you do the classic yawn like six times, and then try and play with that open sound, and you just try and open, try and simulate the muscles that relaxed into your playing. And for me, that kind of worked, um, but not with all students. Yeah. So how do you? Um, that's any that that's anything I've got in my arsenal really i'd suppose um on how to tackle open throat what do you do i well i used to do when i was in um high school i used to have um a really old mute which had quite a lot of resistance in it like a straight mute or a practice mute like a, a practice mute oh yeah like a, was it the stone lined one the really really heavy like white one i honestly could not tell you what it was <laughs> like it was Super old and beaten up. Yeah. But I, I remember actually playing with that and that resistance sort of forced your throat really? to be open. Now, I've never tried that on my students and I am slightly... Hesitant? Hesitant. Yeah. I think when I was in year six, I had a really dodgy practice mute and I think my dad was like, you should practice with the practice mute as much as you can because it's, it's, like, um, it's like weight training and it kind of worked. So maybe that's what it did to me. It maybe forced my throat open because I was yeah. in year six. I never realized. Yeah. But I haven't been consci- consciously, other than Leanne, no one's really said anything other than relax your throat. Leanne was the only one that said yawn, emulate that, mm. feel that muscle mm. relaxing and emulate that in your playing. Yeah. But what's Paul? Because your teacher is Paul Goodchild. Yeah. I am far too blessed with that one. Mm. So he, he actually does i don't remember speaking about this explicitly with him but he does a reasonable amount of um singing oh like during the lessons and he's definitely before like made me sing lines and stuff to him Mm, and always good and following on from that doing being in choirs and stuff all my life and Mm. learning tips and tricks through about classical music singing and how they open their throat and how they adopt different vowel shapes to like you know for their singing but using the same on trumpet to like open the throat and just sort of do all sorts of things there is really interesting and beneficial there's a lot mm. of information there and not being a trained singer i don't know all the ins and outs of it but like if i can recommend for so many reasons other than just being having an open throat like join the choir learn right. to sing do lots of singing because mm-hmm. it'll it's so good for your ear and your reading mm. like being able to sight sing i agree with that so much like before I went to union, I was forced to uh, do solfege and sing, you know, random intervals. My sight reading on trumpet was really bad. But the second I could sight sing and get the pitches, you know, with my voice, all of a sudden on trumpet, I was getting intervals I'd never dreamed of being able to do when I was yeah, in year 12. It's awesome. It, it, it makes it, such a difference. They're so interconnected. It's so interconnected trumpet playing and singing. And it's something I don't do enough of. Yeah. I feel brass playing and singing is in a lot of ways very much the same sort of thing however Mm. with brass playing you obviously have a chunk of metal that you're 
it's like almost an extra filter that you're putting on the yeah. air and throat and mouth yeah. and what you're doing. You just have an extra filter which makes the sound. Yeah. And I guess another thing, just to go off what you just said, um, well, it, I guess it is out of all the instruments in the orchestra, brass family is the closest one to the human voice because think about it, a clarinet needs a reed to vibrate, um, so, does an, so does a bassoon, mm. a drum needs skin to vibrate, a violin needs string and a bow. What do, what do brass players use? The human body. We're the only instrument um, that actually uses, that vibrates part of the human body to create sound like singing. And if you notice, um, which I've always found quite fascinating, um, our warm-up routine is so closely, close to the to voice, to uh, vocal majors and how long we can practice for and our practice structure. After yeah. Just, after okay, no, I haven't thought about this, but this is like... Well, because I have like expanding my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, your, your mind is about to be yeah. it's about <laughs> blown. To exp- blown, yeah. exactly. Um, I have a lot of singing friends, and I've talked to them. How do you want? Oh, I spent thirty minutes doing this. And I go, hmm, that's not unlike trumpet. And then it's like, how long can you sit, practice in a single session? Oh, about an hour. I mean, I can push two, but at that point, it's like, what's the point anymore? Mm. Um, I'll practice, you know, four hours a day if I have a really heavy schedule. Mm. Um, but I'll have to have many breaks throughout the day. Yeah. And then I'll have to do a warm down and go, okay, so what do you do? We practice this. We practice like um, uh, arpeggios. I go, oh, that's nothing. That, that's similar to lip slurs. Yeah. Y- yes. Yep. Yeah. And just flexibility exercises. Right. And they go, oh, they do all of that. And they do their. Sorry, what was that? They do what? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, as you can tell, I'm definitely a singer. Um <laughs> Uh, we have our Clark study, studies and they have the very similar things. Um, if you look behind you, um, there is a sheet that says singing warm-up exercises. Grab that. Yeah. That's from one of the teachers at Kambala. And um, look at that. Dooby dooby doo. And... Blah, 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 blah. Dooby 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 doo. Bum, ba. ba na ma da. Yep. Uh, yep. And we have chi, 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 chi. And then we have... Uh, what does that say? T... D. Tiddly 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 working you know like our triple tongue equivalent and then we have the arpeggio dooby 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 and so they have all these look what interesting that they actually just and they even yeah long notes with dynamics they have ma and then la that's a bit flatter and it goes up the F major arpeggio. Yeah, that was a really bad arpeggio. Apologies <laughs> to those. Uh, I am a musician. Uh, I graduated the conservatorium and now I'm teaching. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, cool. So I think that's just... Have you ever, has, has that's, yeah, have you ever thought about that? I Not about that specifically, but I've definitely keep looking to singers for different tips and tricks that they do with their breathing, with their right. throat, with their approach to a lot of different things. Oh, with their throat. Yeah. That's actually, I've never actually, do you think, I might actually ask a few singers and, and see what do they do to open up their throat. Yeah. And then see if there's anything applied to my trumpet teaching because I think that would be. Yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. Because I haven't really encountered many brass players that know exactly how to teach that but singers you know that's their voice their throat yeah so they have to know how to yeah on the other spectrum of open throat stuff Mm -hmm. i had a um beginner this week who is 
like going red in the face every time he blows a note because mm. he's squeezing so much. Mm. Like s- sound is barely getting out of the instrument. Yep. His neck, you can see it literally swell in size because like everything is tense. And You don't want that. Well, not at all, but I'm sort of struggling to find ways to relax it. <laughs> like so far, what I've what's been working the best is getting him to um, play low notes yeah, um, and just play them really quietly and long notes yeah. and just trying to physically get him to relax as much as possible and then play notes that are, you know, the most relaxed notes we have mm-hmm. and go that way. Have you thought about giving him a trombone mouthpiece just as an exercise? And saying, I want you to buzz into this thing. Because trombone, you can't really squeeze. Because so you need so much air for it to happen. I have not thought about that. But oh my god, I'm definitely trying that. Um, I'm stealing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I can play... I, I play tuba now, just so you know. Um, oh Ma- Mark Randerson said... Um, Hey, Penny, can you... Pl- uh, no, he said to me... Oh, we have no tuba player in orchestra for our upcoming music festival. And I said, well... I can play tuba. I can't. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to me, great, here's the part. I said, Mark, I can't read bass clef that low. And he looked at me, he said, you're a music teacher. I said, <laughs> 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 I said, look, hey, it'd be fine, but I would much prefer this in treble clef up two octaves in trumpet key, brass bandy stuff. So now I'm playing tuba uh, and reading it like a trumpet because it's a B-flat tuba. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then the first rehearsal was the first time I played. And he said, oh, that sounds pretty good. I go, no, I was sight reading. He goes, what? I go, yeah, look, I didn't realize we'd be doing tutti today. So I thought it was next week. Anyway, uh, uh, that, that was a bit <laughs> like wow. Okay, <laughs> that, that's a bit of a tangent. Um, but I'm quite good at tuba now. Um, but the first thing I noticed was how much air you need to play tuba. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm like you, you don't understand. I'm sorry, you actually <laughs> don't understand. Uh, trumpet, you can play 16 bars, no problem. With tuba, you can play half a bar. It's like <laughs> like actually the act of <laughs> is exactly how much air you need to play tuba. Wow. So the, the bigger the mouthpiece, the, you just physically, you can't... How much resistance do they have? Like Tuba? None? Zero. I'm not even kidding. I mean... Wow. Because like, I mean, the ball would be just it's so wide. Yeah. It, it, it like touches your nose. And when you play low notes, uh, a low B flat, your eyes vibrate because of the jelly and you actually can't read the music. You're <laughs> it's, it's a very... <laughs> <laughs> when you play fortissimo and you play... And the whole instrument's vibrating, everything's vibrating and the sheet vibrates slightly. Um Apparently, it's a common thing and everyone's like, yeah, we just get used to it. <laughs> oh my God. I'm never playing tuba ever. <laughs> but um, personally, I think tuba, tuba doesn't interfere with my trumpet. I'm sure nearly as much as trombone anyway. But um, I'm used to it now. I switch between the two so frequently. There's no damage. Um, hmm. But that's something you could do with your student going back onto the, um, the matter hmm. at hand. Give them a trumpet, trombone mouthpiece. Just find one in the school cupboard and put it back yeah. and clean it. Um, yep. And just say, oh, aren't you, I want you to try and buzz into this and just get them buzzing. Even give them a baritone and say, here's a, or a tenor, bar, a tenor horn, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like a mini baritone. Give them that and just say. That's actually such a good idea. I'm definitely doing this. Yeah. And then. I need to go steal my, yeah. <laughs> steal me a trombone mouthpiece. Steal you a trombone mouthpiece. Um, I think the worst thing you could possibly do is say, here's a horn mouthpiece. Oh yeah. Oh, don't get me started on horn players. Um, oh, speak for yourself. Oh, speak. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Um, oh, one instrument that I hate is a mellophone. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what a mellophone is? Nope. It's a French horn but reversed, and what? it's in B flat. Like a tr- so, it's essentially it's in F, but 
so it's in F, the key of F, but the horn is in B flat. Mm. So it's like getting a French horn, a, a B flat French horn. Yeah, yeah. So it's like learn. So and we all know that when you play horn, that's the worst thing you can do, which is learn on the B flat side, because when yeah. they get to the F side, they'll hate it. Yeah. Guess what? We do that, and um. This makes no sense. Why it, are these instruments a thing? They sound horrible. Um, yeah. You can't hold them, and they're all out of tune, and they're the bane of my existence. And the mouthpiece is basically a trouble. Wait, are piece. you talking about French horns or mellophones? Mellophones. <laughs> um, no, I love, I love French horns. Um, and then I, part of the reason is, and it's a good reason, but it's also a bit of a conflicting one, which is they, it makes it more accessible to the girls. And, yeah. and that way they're more likely to continue. They'll get private lessons. And when they get mm. private lessons, it's like, all right, here's a French horn. Now go learn. Um, mm. So it's a more of a long-term game where a short, like when they do switch to French horn, they're going to, they do, they do tend to not do well. Um, and like, I've got a few and they go, oh, this is really hard. I go, no, it's fine. Like, it's like, yeah. Cause the harmonics are so close. I figured out. How yeah. Like, yeah. I picked up two new horn students this year. And which I'm so excited because I really haven't had many horn students. There's just none I of mean, them around. That's your first instrument, isn't it? Horn? No, no, no. Trumpet was my first. Oh, I, then you switched to horn. I did both through high school. Ah. I got sort of bursaries because the school orchestra didn't have a horn. So I was playing both trumpet and horn <laughs> in the school orchestra. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. But these students have already been learning for a few years right, okay, from so. another teacher. So coming to them they already have a lot of the basics down pat. So it's it's less basic foundation technical stuff mm. and more like music making, yeah. which is a nice way to teach. Nice. That's pretty good. So yeah, what's our next thing to talk about? Uh, reading. Oh, reading. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the business that I work for, mm -hmm. um, they actually... We contract out to a lot of local schools and from like an example, this past week, mm -hmm. um, I there was a bunch of my students because I'm the brass teacher at that school right. as well as their junior band conductor. Mm -hmm. So they've had one, perhaps two lessons and they're already starting in band. Oh. Which is a what really a interesting thing. And bad. Um, yeah. So what I'm actually thinking of doing a lot is during those band rehearsals, put a strong emphasis on reading and like rhythmic sort of dictations yep. and singing and sight singing and clapping yep. together. Mm -hmm. So a lot of more basic musicianship skills as sort of a musicianship class mm -hmm. where they also play bits and pieces after yes. we learn what it is. And that way I can take over a lot of that reading pedagogy yep. from their private instrument tutors right. who can teach them the basics of their instrument. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and that's something I've been really focusing on a lot this year. Prior to you know finishing uni, when I had my students throughout high school, throughout uh, uni, um, I really taught mostly sound and mm. reading. I never really had much of a method like a methodological, yeah. uh, what's the word? Methodological, metho, metho. Please help. No, no. I, I, <laughs> You're enjoying me <laughs> yeah, studying. Uh, methodological. Oh my goodness. Um, methodology. Methodology. Thank you. Um, that was a bit embarrassing. I might cut it out, but also I think it's funny for the listeners of three people. Um, so um, I just kind of just taught them and just like would help them with the rhythm. Yeah, this is how the rhythm goes. Um, but now we've got a Kadai-based approach to rhythm, mm. which is 
most most band book stuff with semi briefs and like they say like mm-hmm. they spend like three pages on semi briefs and ninems yeah. and oh no now I'm onto crotchets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas um, Alkadai approach is basically teach them all the rhythms straight away because they're smart enough and you'd be surprised. Teach them on a semi yeah. minim crotchet and quavers. Yeah, and we call the quavers tartes. Yeah, you, know, you don't have French time names. Tafatefi, tafatefi. Yeah, I know a different system, but yeah, uh, do, do, I, do I get know, what you. What do you? What's one you know? Um, ta t t tika tika. Yeah, that's Kadai. Yep. Yeah. That, that, oh, is that the Kadai one? That's not the actually French Kadai. One. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so t t t t tika tika. That's actually Kadai. Yeah. Um, this is the French one, which is tafatefi ta te ta. I learned takademi in university, which was takademi ta di ta. Um, which is. I've now def- started to default to French because I've been using it so many times. But for triplets, I still use Takadimi. I go Tavakiri Dama, Tavakiri Dama, Takida. Which is a lot easier than Tavatefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefetefet
teach them the ri- if we get rhythm out of the way mm-hmm. as early as possible, well then the kids won't won't go into new music freaking out because like oh what's the rhythm what's the notes what everything they'll go yeah. oh I know this rhythm it's easy I can play it do 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 yeah all I've got to do is figure out the fingering and mm-hmm. so I'm starting to think this might be like teach them absolutely how to be rhythm pros as early as possible that way when they you know and by that stage when they're super young you can't really teach them the nuances of embouchure yeah so while they're you know still developing their embouchure at a young age obviously you've got to model and make Mm -hmm. it good but teach them to be absolutely rhythm guns and then by the time the second or third year happens yeah it's automated Mm. and you can then start teaching them embouchure and like good sound and like really yeah. honing in on it. And, and, I, and I suppose by that stage, like they can take music home and learn it themselves. Like you can just give them a set of charts and they yes. can learn it. Yes. And then you don't actually have to teach it to them. Mm. Then you, when they come back in, you can teach more important things or you can teach more in terms of style and musicality and yeah. energy and like how to actually play it instead of yep. having to go, no, that note is a C. Yeah. This is the rhythm. Clap it with me. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I, I was always too scared to think that this this might be a bit too beyond them, a bit too hard, a bit too, you know. Mm. But if you make it a game and you do clapping, and uh, Mark is all about kinesthetic activities, so I get them to stand up and go, all right, you're going to march, and you're going to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. They love marching. Even the year not even the year 12s, they, they, they all love marching. It's it's a great thing. Um. I, I learned to um, play in compound time. I learned like weird time signatures mm. from Chris Howes. Yes. Oh, I love um, Chris. Oh, back, he, he's an absolute legend. Teaching me when I was in year nine, I had him in year nine elective music. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would march to the beat of compound time signatures. So breaking them into like two, two, three or two, three, uh, two. One, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, yeah. two, one, two, three, and, sure. and it would be step, clap, step, clap, step, clap, clap, step, clap, step, clap, yep. step, clap. And mm. like, and and he would rather mortifyingly parade us around the school marching in different compound time signatures, <laughs> which is such a Chris House thing to it's do. It's such a Chris House because thing to do. he's such a troll. Um, I love that man. <laughs> but yeah, I've never had an, any issue with compound mm. time signatures. Everyone sort of gets scared of them and can't count. And like mm. the amount of choirs I'm in, singers can't count to save themselves anyway. No, don't I tell any of them I said no, that. No, n- neither did I. Um, um but. Yeah, compound time signatures, definitely walking and mm. act, like active things, getting the kids moving is so important. Yes. Really effective. Year eight classroom music, we're doing, we learn Carmen and like they go, dun, dun, ta, teffy, taffy, taffy, ta, teffy. And they're actually going, rotate and we teach them a dance and like they put hands in the air for sparkle fingers and crescendo. And like, you teach them all these different, like how to patch it, how to clap it, how to, it's a partner dance and it's a whole circle dance. Yeah. And they've heard this piece like, what, 20 times all of a sudden. Yeah. And they're listening to classical music and they're having fun. And they're learning, oh, hey, classical music. Music is fun. And so marching is fun. Yeah. I mean, we love it. If I was to get you up and go, all right, we're going to like dance to the right of spring right now. Oh my God. You're you're smiling right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's not above (laughs) kids. It's not above anyone. Everyone loves that. It's, it's in, it's an innately human thing to do, which is to dance to music. Yeah, yeah, and, w- w- and once you're with kids, 
um, and you sort of break down those barriers of nervousness and want not wanting to appear foolish in front of their peers mm. and whatever. And, and once you can sort of break through that and get yep. everyone to just be like, have a great time, mm-hmm. throw all, um, I can't think of the word. All um, pride, yeah. embarrassment out the window, throw all... It's like apprehension. Okay. Um, we'll go with that. Sure. Or worry <laughs> or whatever. Yep. Um, it's a specific word and it's bugging me. Okay. We can well, I just will whack the bug out of the way so they'll help you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, once they get all, all of that out of the way and actually, you know, just be idiots together. Yep. They'll have a great time. They love it. Yep. And just the class gels so much more. Mm-hmm. And they will listen to you more and you connect with them better. Yep. And they, everyone's just like learning and having a great time. And it's so effective. And then they just come out loving you as a teacher. Yep. They come out learning so much more than they ever would have before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think that basically covered our last topic, which was keeping them engaged. Or keeping them Yeah, hooked. keeping them hooked. Um, which was all that stuff we just said. Yeah. Making it fun, making it realize, hey, it's more than just sitting down and going, this is a C and this is a crotchety and T, 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 ta, 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 taffy. Um, yeah, I think... It's a kinesthetic whole body reaction you have. And, and like, so many teachers are very, very diligent about following the music and everything that's written on the page. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to music that's not written on the page. Yep, and I think that's why we, we, we play really well together in orchestra because we both get it. Yeah. There's so much more that's not written on the page. Like, what's they? It doesn't have you know with heaps of energy. Like everyone's about to get up dancing. Yep. all that sort of stuff is not written on the page. No, it's not. Yet, you should still play it that way because mm-hmm. it's awesome, and that's what is you know gonna make your audience like have a great time because mm-hmm. like part of the reason we perform and are musicians is for our audience and to have and connect with other people and bring them into our music mm. and just get everyone going together. And that's just so much more enjoyable. Yeah, it is. So with that, I think that was a very good closing statement. So should we end it there? Cool. That was, that was, that, that was a good first podcast. Did you enjoy that? Oh yeah. I'm still worrying about that word that I can't figure out what it is. Come on, you can do it. I really can't. No, you, you can't. Okay. I really can't. I, well, that was a very definite no. <laughs> like, I can't. There's no chance. Uh, where is the thesaurus? Like a thesaurus. Well, we don't have those anymore. Uh, I've got a book of the Lord of the Rings behind yes. you. Do, do kids know what thesauruses are these probably, days? They probably don't. You know what's sad? Um, do they know what a dictionary is? Well, speaking of dictionaries, they've stopped producing. Well, they stopped manufacturing Greek dictionaries, Greek to English dictionaries. Oh. Just full stop. So uh, at least according to well, mum's a Greek teacher, HSC, yeah, yeah, so yeah. she knows this stuff. Um, they've stopped manufacturing them. So what happens when all the copies just don't? Yeah. <laughs> they just stop. They, they just all deteriorate beyond. What do you take into an exam? Do you take in your phone with Google Translate? No. Yeah, They weird. haven't thought this through, have they? No. No. It's tricky. Maybe, maybe, maybe they don't produce them on mass and you have to custom order them. I guess they'd be okay. Like, like, like. That's a shame. Anyway, that that's not music. Um, but I, d- I don't think kids know how to use a thesaurus or have even encountered a no. real thesaurus. One of my students last week, they got one of their band pieces was Elvis Presley's Hound Dog. <laughs> and and like... Ain't nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> yes, correct. That is the one. That is the correct... Thank you. But, I know music. But, but the kids did not. They never heard of Elvis. 
They've never heard no. the song before. No. I was. It blew my mind. I'm like, H- haven't they, they seen Lilo and Stitch? That that's literally the whole movie oh. is Elvis. That's how that's how I was exp- exposed to Elvis. So I was like, oh, Lilo and Stitch. Like, oh, cool. Who's Elvis? They just had no idea, and I was I was ready to email their parents and just tell them that they'd failed as parents. Oh, <laughs> that's that's a bit that's a bit tough. Your kids don't know Elvis, but then again, I can I can see that's 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 a bit justified and warranted almost. Um, that's very sad. Yeah. yeah. But but don't worry, they they full well know who Elvis is now. We that gave them an education. Good. They need to know who Elvis was. Um, it's <laughs> very important. So yeah. All right. I think we ended there. Thank, thank you. Thank See you. you later. Thank you, Logan. Uh, but we'll have you back because it's fun talking to you. Ew. And I think you get the vibe of this podcast, though. Oh, sick. 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 So with a Q, with a Q U E S I. Obviously. Q- yeah. There's no other. Sp- there's no other there's way a to silent spell. K in there somewhere. Is is there? There can be. There can be. There doesn't have to be. Um, <laughs> it's optional depending on what the listener wants to interpret. Anyway. <laughs> but we digress. But we digress. Cool. All right. Thank you. And um, I guess we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.